Welcome to this week's Friday Conversations. We're here with Carl Lynn Call, who is the founder and CEO of Just Ingredients. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Uh, I enjoy these ones uh, that involve people's health and sanity and happiness. Um, but let's start for those that aren't aware. I get the sense that those in the audience are aware of the story, but I'm sure there's some. Uh, by the way, we're going to open it up for questions from y'all, so get those ready. Um, kind of the founding story, the idea, where did this all originate from? So opening this business, creating this business has a big background story to it, so I'll try to give the simplified version, and the background story starts a long time ago. So 18 years ago, I had three little boys at the time, and I found myself with really bad depression, and um I went to doctor after doctor looking for help. They didn't know how to help me at the time. So long story short, um, after a couple of years of this, I had just had it. And I thought, this is terrible, miserable. I don't want to deal with this depression anymore. And so I actually attempted suicide. And thankfully, by the grace of God, um, it did not happen. The event did not take place. And so it failed, which was a huge blessing. So at that point, I realized I had hit rock bottom. I needed help. So for two doc or two years, I went to doctor after doctor for help. And they would say, the only thing we can do is give you an antidepressant. And don't get me wrong, I have nothing against that. And I went on that to help me. But I would say to them, well, how can I heal? And all the doctors would say, we don't know. And if you have a doctor that says that today, run, because that's like dinosaur information. We know what contributes to depression. And so... Long story short, I worked with a doctor who, oh, so I finally found a doctor who was like, are you ready to put in the work and effort? Because there's no magic pill for this, but I can help you heal. And I was like, yes, I'm desperate. I will do anything at this point because it's been such a long journey. And so went on an 18-month journey with her. She taught me how to fuel my body properly and taught me, look, your body wants to do you well, but you've got to treat it well so it can treat you in return well. And so she taught me things about fueling my body and things we put in our body and things we put on our body and how they affect um, our health. And so that's been about 15 years, and she helped me get off the antidepressants. And for 15 years, I've never had to go back on antidepressants because I learned how to take care of my body properly. So that's the background. So about five or six, about six years ago, Everybody around me was dealing with an autoimmune issue, ADHD, depression, anxiety, migraines, joint pain, fatigue, like family members and neighbors and community members. And I was like, oh, I just want to help all these people so badly. I don't know how to help them because I know if they just learn a few simple ways to fuel their, be uh, fuel their bodies better, they'll feel better. And so I do whatever anyone does. You start brainstorming, like, how can I do this? Could I start a business? Could I teach somehow? What do I do? Long story short, decided to do an Instagram account. I was like, if I could help like 2,000 people on Instagram, that would be great. Started this Instagram account, um, just giving little simple swaps of how people could feel better if they just swapped a few little things. And it just started spreading and people started sharing things and the account started growing. And so um, I was like, wow, I've got an audience here. Why don't I start educating with these little cheat sheets. And so these cheat sheets were digital downloads and they could buy them for like a buck, two bucks and take them to the grocery store and learn how to buy better products at the grocery store. And one day I made $30,000 off of these digital downloads. And I was like, oh wow, people are really hungry for this info. If I've got now this clientele and this customer base, why don't I start making products? And so that's how it all started was with an Instagram account, 
these little digital downloads and then that's what led into making products and then here we are today and yeah wow amazing thirty thousand dollars in one day yeah it was sort of crazy off these dumb little cheat sheets yeah pretty <laughs> they basic were nothing stuff. grand i just made them on canva wow um good for you um so fast forwarding to you mentioned the store opening right a lot's happened in between now and then. So we're, we're in 2024, and um, your company's called Just Ingredients, but it seems harder and harder to just have normal ingredients and normal food, right? Yep. And to combat that, it's a big undertaking. We were talking a little bit before. Um, today, if, with a quick audit, this was washed and tied. I drank a Celsius. Um, I'm going to eat pizza. <laughs> I was spray painting something this morning, and then I sprayed wasps yesterday. That's just a smidgen of probably not good stuff, right? Yep. So. So what's my suggestion for yes. that? Okay, I'll tell you. So here's the deal. It's too hard to tell everybody to just change everything. No one's going to live a perfect lifestyle. A perf no one's going to eat a perfect diet. I'm not about that. I'm not about perfectionism. But I believe that we're dealing with more cancer cases, more depression, more hormonal issues, infertility, things like that, because we are overburdened with toxins. And I just talked to, I have a podcast and just talked to an oncologist um, a couple days ago for the podcast. So it hasn't launched yet. It will come out in like three weeks. And it was fascinating about how younger people are getting cancer more so than older people because the older people weren't as exposed to as many toxins as these younger people are. And these toxins are contributing to cancer. Anyways, that's a side note. So I believe that our body um, is an amazing machine that can detox 24 seven on a daily basis, but we're overburdened with too many toxins. So we just need to do what we can and reduce as many toxins as we can, but we can't, we're not in control of some of them. You're going to breathe the pollution in the air. You're going to, you know, things like that. But what we use in our home for cleaning supplies or what we eat, those are things we can control. And so the, those are the ways we can lessen our um, toxins. So then that applies to my food and all the products that we make. We believe in only using nourishing products, which are real products, like real food products. We don't need the artificial flavors. We don't even need natural flavors. We can flavor with food. We don't need artificial sweeteners. We don't need all of these things that don't nourish the body. Let's just eat products and make products that have nourishing ingredients in it. Yeah. And uh, going back to the day that, uh, you know, you saw that there was money coming in from the, the Instagram account, uh, this is where, like, entrepreneurs kind of separate themselves. I wouldn't feel very comfortable advising or counseling anyone on very few things on planet Earth, um, <laughs> let alone figuring out, all right, this is kind of the solution I'm going to come up with. My first product is going to be, what was it? Actually, deodorant and a facial serum. Weird, I know. But back then, five years ago, it was actually really hard to find a natural deodorant. Now we've got lots of different brands, but back then it was hard. And so um, my sister also had battled breast cancer in her 30s. And one thing that her oncologist said was, switch your deodorant. They're terrible with the aluminum, the talc, you know, these endocrine disruptors. And so for her and me, I made the deodorant. So we started from there made the serum. And then from there, everybody says like, you have the most random products because I have everything from pre-workout to popcorn salt to an adrenal complex, you know, just a random mix. And they're always like, what's your strategy? It really is whatever product I want for me, my kids, or 
my family that I can't find a better choice of. And so our next products were pre-workout and protein because I had teenage boys and they wanted pre-workouts and proteins. And I tried a bazillion proteins and I either loved the taste of them and hated the ingredients or loved the ingredients and hated the taste. So I was like, why can't we just make protein with real food and make it taste good? So then that's where that came from. Okay. So now I'm envisioning you or your team in like lab coats with some beakers and because it's not just like, oh, I, this is good, right? Like there's got to be some science and some understanding and some math probably. Um, but you weren't intimidated. So how did you get that deodorant? So, so with all of our products, we do work with a scientist, but we had to find the right scientists to work with because some do beauty products, some do food products, and we have very high quality standards that we have to abide by. And so it does take working with the right person to do this. I'll just give an example. When we started making protein powder, we wanted to make a pumpkin flavor one for the holidays, a pumpkin spice. And the scientist was like, okay, well, we just put pumpkin flavoring in it. And I was like, no, we're putting real pumpkin in it. And he's like, nothing on the market has real pumpkin in it. It's too like wet and sticky. This isn't going to work. You've got to use pumpkin flavoring. I'm like, no, we're going to learn how to figure out how to do it um, with real pumpkin. So it does take a lot of trial and error. It takes a lot of just standing by your standards and not um, compromising them. And it takes time. It took us a year to come out with our vanilla protein because I didn't want to use fake flavoring. I wanted vanilla bean. And every vanilla bean we tried tasted disgusting until one night in the middle of the night, I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, Madagascar vanilla beans, that's what we need. And so we got them from Madagascar and now we have good vanilla protein. So Very cool. And if you were unhealthy or had a bad diet or didn't, weren't doing the right amount of sleep, you probably wouldn't have had that premonition, right? <laughs> Maybe. So the, the pumpkin spice protein powder, how from idea to it being sold and ingested by folks. What was the timeline? That one wasn't as long as vanilla bean. That one was our longest. It was about six months. Because once the scientist knew I wasn't bending on using flavorings, he was like, okay, we'll make, we'll figure this out. Okay. And that involves like supply chain, right? Like yes, it, if it's a real pumpkin. It does. And that's been a big challenge in our thing is a lot of suppliers, if any of you deal with ingredient suppliers, um, for instance, we make um, like a strawberry protein and a guava mango electrolyte. So we need real guava, real mangoes, real strawberries. And a lot of these people mix their strawberries with GMO corn or other things that I'm not willing to put in my products. So we've had to go to the actual suppliers and talk to the suppliers and ask them to make it our own way and like in a unique way. And they think we're crazy every time, but then you find someone who will jump on board with you and actually make it the way that you want it made. And then, um, so yeah, sometimes it go, you have to go to the, the direct source of the supplier and work with them to get it made the way you want it made. And the direct source in this case is a farmer, right? Yes. And so for instance, we have strawberry protein made with real strawberries. And at one time we were sold out for months and the farmer's like, Carlin, we can't just make, like, I can't just make more strawberries. I've got to grow these strawberries for you. Now that I know you're uh, demand has increased. We'll grow more strawberries for you, but I can't just give you more strawberries. So we went months without strawberry protein. Oh boy. Yeah. If you're going to do it right, it gets a little bit more tricky. It does. It brings a lot of challenges. Like if my great grandma was still alive listening to this, she'd be like, well, everything we had was real. Why are you guys talking about fake stuff? Exactly. Now? 
Yep. So that's got to be like an industry-wide kind of, uh, you guys are combating decades now of uh, fake and artificial flavors and like actual bad stuff. Yeah. So we teach, obviously, to only eat real foods. In the 90s is really when all the artificial stuff became popular. And then companies started realizing that they could make things for so much cheaper if they used the artificial stuff. And But then all these artificial sweeteners and artificial flavorings and artificial preservatives were coming out. And then these GMOs were coming out and these new pesticides. But it's been since the 90s that then, if you look at all the illnesses, they've just skyrocketed and exponentially grown. And so... A lot of it comes back to what we changed in our food supply. So it is a big battle, but I believe if you educate people, they will learn. And I believe after COVID, the pendulum is sort of swinging. Like people are waking up saying like, oh yeah, I need to take care of my own immune system, my own immune health, my own health. There's no one, there's no one that's going to save me. It's going to be me that's going to take care of my health. So, Because clearly um, most of the stuff at 7-Eleven, those people don't care, right? They're just going to keep. Sending it out. Um, well, and the big companies don't care because they're making big profits. And so why are they going to change if their artificial stuff brings them in more money? Yeah. It's only going to change if the consumer stops buying. And so Johnson & Johnson, like in 2018, their sales dropped by 20%. So what they do, they reformulated all their baby products to be better ingredients, and then their sales went back up. So it comes down to how the consumer spends their dollar. Heaven forbid they just do that. In the first place, right? That would be nice. Yeah. (laughs) It's not going to (laughs) happen. No. Um, Which leads us into kind of trust. Um, Doing a quick audit of like your website and Instagram account. It's clear that your customers and uh, fans trust y'all, your team and and your products. How did you guys earn that? How do you maintain it? And uh, what happens if you lose it? Well, hopefully we don't lose it. We're, we're, we work on trying to keep people's trust all the time. A couple things that we do, um, on packaging, on labels, if something's under 2%, you don't necessarily have to write it on the label. And I think that's ridiculous. So we write everything that's on the label. Also, we're very transparent with our, um, customers and all communication. I think customer service departments sometimes try to hide things or try to, you know, not, tell exactly what's going on. And we try to be very transparent. So like right now we have Oregon complex that just came in. It didn't, we, uh, third party test everything. I don't like the scores that they came in as, which means we're not going to have enough for subscriptions. So yesterday we drafted an email to all our subscription people saying, we are so sorry. It got third party tested. I don't like the standards of it, that it came in. We will not sell this. But in a couple months, we will have new ones, and we will put you right back on subscription when that comes. And if you're honest with the customer, they're more willing to be understanding than, sorry, it's out, Um, we don't know when it's going to come back type thing. So I think it's really important. And people are wanting transparency these days. They're sort of tired with the sort of the bull crap, you know, that goes on, and they want to hear from the company the true, honest truth. Yeah. And um, the the customer service probably – involves them being really, really knowledgeable of the products as well, right? It requires all of our departments because we are unique and different in everything that we make. Like our collagen is not just collagen. It's got other things in it to help your body absorb the collagen better. I mean, every product we have has something unique about it. So we have to train our sales reps, our customer service people, our marketing team, everybody. Yeah. Um, as you started with uh, you know a couple of products, 
obviously you have to figure out how to make money. It's not a charity, right? The margins <laughs> are good and, and distribution's good. You have a lot more now, right? I don't know we if do. it's hundreds or dozens and dozens, but it's a lot. Um, and this was where the R&D could become fun and it could get up a little bit unruly chasing the squirrels. But how do you guys keep product development online? How do you take the drama out and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work? Um, and how do you decide ultimately like what your cadence is that you can sustain? Yeah, those are all good questions. So um, we try to keep it fun. And like I said, people, okay, so people tell you as a CEO, oh, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this. And I'm like, well, who are you to tell me that? Like, let's just make running a business fun. And we're going to just pick and choose what we want to make. Why does there have to be an exact strategy of this or this? So we do have a little bit of a strategy in that we make products that you either ingest, rub on your skin, or breathe. And so we have like three lines of how we want to reduce toxins. And so like breathing would be like cleaning supplies, candles. Well, we're very limited in those. We don't have very many products. So that is where we're working right now. Um, and so it is just looking at how many things we have and seeing like, okay, we need to work on the cleaning supplies, the candles, things like that. So we have some of those in the pipeline coming. Um, and Oh, you said drama. There's usually not any drama because we have so many products we're creating that if someone's mad about popcorn salts, they can go help on, um, you know, a new protein flavor or new supplements that are coming out or the candles. So there's enough that we're always trying to create that there's not drama. Gotcha. Uh, so there's currently not like a silver bullet that somebody, let's just say it's me, 40 pounds overweight, uh, clearly not eating healthy and using all these products. There's not just one pill yet, right? There's no magic okay. pill, but there's three easy things. Okay. Eat real food, prioritize your sleep, and manage your stress. Those three things are a good prescription for most people. And from start to finish, do you have a favorite product? A favorite product? That's hard because I really make them all for what I want. So I do love our proteins, but a recent product that we made that I love is our probiotic. And I'll tell you why. Um, I usually try to create things that I can't find. And so I could find on the market a probiotic with a prebiotic. Everybody had that. But I could not find anywhere a probiotic mixed with a prebiotic and a postbiotic. And a postbiotic is what I think everybody needs. It's what actually heals the lining of the gut. And I was like, why is this not out here? And so we made it with a scientist and I think it's absolutely amazing, and I think it tastes delicious. So that is my new favorite product. So the last one was postbiotic. Postbiotic. Post and yep. that would be consumed when? So it's a pro, pre, and post all okay. mixed together that you can drink any time of the day. Okay. And so um, and businesses, they always say, go find it, what's missing and make a solution for it. And so that is one of our strategies, I should say. That is one of our strategies with making products is that we do go try to find what's missing out there on the market and make it ourselves. Gotcha. If I had to do a, a quick, like, well, I wonder who our demographics are and what the industry, you know, target is, it's, I'd say heavy female. And I might be right, I might be wrong. Um, if that is the case, what's the strategy around men? Uh, and if I'm way off base, what are your demographics? No, you're right. We're mainly women. And so we do want to really 
get them into the men market as well, the male market. And so that is why we partnered with the Utah Jazz because sports marketing is amazing. Um, we're talking to some sport, pretty well-known sport um, athletes right now to help promote our products as well. And so we've been focused on the uh, sport marketing to help in the male department. We also just came out with a men's line of hygiene products to try to teach like men need to not have the endocrine disruptors, the things messing with their hormones also, they play a part in reproduction, you know. So we're trying to teach that as well, making products for them. And then some of these athletes that we're talking to would like our protein powder made in more manly-looking bags. And so we are creating more manly-looking protein bags as well so that they don't have to be embarrassed carrying a white and pink protein bag. Um, we're going to open up for questions from the audience here in a couple of minutes. So if we could get the microphone ready and get your uh, courage up, um, dudes love drinking a lot of energy drinks, right? They do. So going back to like the, this, not that, um, one, what are your views on energy drinks? And then two, if somebody only wanted to talk to you about energy drinks, what would your solutions be? Well, that's an interesting question because I just spoke at BYU yesterday for their athletic department because one of the directors called and said, these energy drinks are getting out of control in the athletic department, but we can't, like, no one's listening to us that they're not good for them. Can you come teach them why they aren't good? And so um, we talked about why they're tired and why they need energy drinks, and then we talked about what's in energy drinks that is not um, good for them. I mean, it's hard on their adrenals, and we talked about what adrenals are, and if our, your adrenals are pumping out this cortisol all the time, what that's doing. We talked about the artificial sweeteners in it, and how that's messing with their gut and their microbiome. I mean, we talked about all aspects of the energy drink, and then I said, okay, if you are so addicted, first, at least find an energy drink, and I gave them lots of suggestions of ones that um, are made with real ingredients, not all this fake stuff, then try to go down to one drink, maybe a day, to one a week, you know, went that route. But then we talked about that there's so many other sources out there for energy, like maybe they're just low in B vitamins, maybe maca root is an awesome thing that helps with energy, maybe they're low in vitamin D, maybe they're low in electrolytes, like 75% of Americans are actually dehydrated. Um, Maybe it's all these other things causing them to not have the energy that they need. And really, if they, if everybody ate, um, a balanced meal of real foods for their carbs, protein, and fat, you would have the energy that you need to run a business, to feel good all day long, be an athlete, whatever it is. It's just we're not getting enough of the carbs, the proteins, the fats, and all those micronutrients that they provide. So people are feeling tired and exhausted and things like that. Yeah. I'd have to give you a whole presentation to answer that question. Yeah, they're, I'm they're sure pretty it would work, crappy, actually. though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you can drink them and then feel like, oh, this is not good. Um, talking about that, I feel like I'm looking at a, at a real-life example, right? Because um, in addition to running a, a business that's kind of on hyper-growth, you've got six kids and everything else that a human being has to do, right? So to the point of energy and juggling, uh, how has a healthy diet and being knowledgeable of what you consume helped you juggle all of that? Yeah, well, it's helped a ton because it is. anyone knows being a parent is a lot of work and busy and running a business is busy. So learning, learning how to manage stress is huge. Otherwise, you just exhaust your adrenals with cortisol all day long. Prioritizing your sleep is huge. Um, and then for me as a mom, I prioritize my family. 
my whole company knows family first. Um, we have put family first and that will stay so that it's never a conflict between do I work or family. So if a family event is there, we are there. Um, we've had to turn down a few cool trips and things like the jazz invited us to Hawaii, but our kids had some special events going on during that time. And I have to stick to my guns of family first. And we had to tell the jazz, sorry, we've got to do this for our kids. Um, so prioritizing your family, prioritizing your health, prioritizing your stress and sleep, that makes it so that you can do a lot during the day. All right, let's open it up from, for questions. Raise your hand, and then we'll go try to get to as many as we can. So there's a lot of uh, energy towards reshoring manufacturing. So how did you guys find manufacturers? It's a really hard thing for a lot of entrepreneurs getting started. It is, but you know what? In Utah County, there really are a ton of manufacturers, and it's asking... So for instance, because someone who does powders is not going to be the same person that does deodorants and they might be a different person that then does supplements. And so it really is just asking around like, Hey, who do you know that does deodorant? Are they someone you like? And then going and talking to them like, Hey, we have to stay, stay by these standards or these standards you could also do. Um, and there are some that don't want to do what we do. And so we're like, okay, it's not a good fit, but there's, you really do have to just ask around and then go try them out and talk to them and be totally transparent of what you need and what you want. And they're going to tell you either yes or no that they want to work with you. Thanks, Carolyn. For um, the items that you needed to solve, there was a problem, right, a personal problem that you helped solve through product. And that product then turns into a big business. And so to scale that business, what would you say as far as not from day one, but maybe over the last year where you needed to make some decisions into a bigger facility, automation for packaging, those types of things. Yeah, so we have gone into a new facility, have done our own fulfillment. And this is what I tell everybody because there's so much noise out there as to what you should do. I mean, every business magazine tells you something different from every business book to every. And so my whole motto has just been one little step at a time. And so when CEOs come and tell me or other manufacturers tell me, like, you need to be doing A, B, and C, I'm like, okay, we will get there. That's great advice, but we're going to do one step at a time. And so um, I know that sounds so basic and not a great answer, but that's what we've had to do is just one step at a time. And so when manufacturing wasn't kept to our standards, we moved to a second 3PL and then we were just growing so fast it was hard for that 3PL to really keep up with us with the standards I wanted. And so then that was the next step was to do our own um, warehouse and our own shipping and fulfillment. And so your growth also, I think, not as the only just one step at a time, it's also as you grow, you're going to have different needs. And so it's recognizing those needs and prioritizing those needs and strategizing which ones you need. Um, going back with marketing, for instance. Social media marketing was awesome for us because I was on social media, so we started there. Then, since I was affiliate, I knew affiliate marketing, so we went to affiliate marketing next. Did we miss the boat in digital marketing? A little bit. So now our big focus is on digital marketing. And so we've just grown in the areas that we could and saw the problem in needed areas, and so you work on the needed areas as they come. Hi, quick question. Do you see trends, do you feel like, in areas that are more impoverished with people suffering the consequences of those toxins, like you said, um, in areas where maybe they can only afford the processed food? 
So, you know, I almost think it's a misconception. There is a little truth to that, but also there are so many things that people can do for free. People always think that living a healthy life is like, oh, you have to buy this air filter and you have to buy this red light and you have to buy only organic foods and you have to have this and this. But in reality, living a healthy life is go for a walk, move your body, spend some time out in the sun, get your vitamin D from the sun. Eat some more fruits and veggies. They don't need to be organic. Just eat more of them. We don't get enough as it is. You know, so there's a lot. It's manage your stress. That's free. It's prioritizing your sleep. That's free. There's a whole list. I could give 50 things that are free that will benefit your health more than all of these expensive items that maybe the more wealthy do buy. But it shouldn't be that the poverty, like those with lower income can't be healthy. They also, but sometimes the education isn't there to the lower income, and that's maybe the missing piece is that we need to educate them as well. Um, what do you credit for your insane social media growth? Because you now have, have over a million followers on Instagram, which is awesome. Um, you know, I think it's trying to connect with your audience. Um, a lot of people say, like, oh, we love that you're a mom that have that has kids, that does this at home. And so whatever brand you are, whatever business you are, it's learning how to connect with your audience. And so I was just talking to some people from the bank, and they were asking the same type of question. And I said, well, as a bank, why don't you teach things on your social media, like to the youth or the, you know, like the 20-year-olds, how to invest, like the best way to, best places to put their money, what the different investments are out there, what a bond is versus a CD versus a, I said, teach in a fun way. And that's how you would connect with your audience. And so it's just finding ways to connect. And I'll tell you, it's, I've got it down sort of on Instagram. TikTok is really, really hard for me because I have a hard time connecting with them. And people will say, like, how come you're not growing on TikTok? And it's like, because I can't connect with the 20-year-olds. I can't do the dancing and all the, you know, funny things they want you to do. So sometimes I put my kids on there to try to help me. But it really comes down to connecting. So your your protein is probably is the only protein that hasn't destroyed my stomach. Oh, thank um, you. It's amazing, and it tastes like candy. So what's the secret with that specifically? And also, how much is collagen versus whey protein? So the reason it doesn't hurt people's stomach is a few things. One, it has no artificial things. So artificial sweeteners can cause a lot of like bloating and digestion issues. Two, it has no gums in it. Gums are not necessarily bad, but gums do cause a lot of digestive issues for people. Um, and then three, most whey out there is just whey mixed with a ton of like casein and lactose and casein is the protein that's really hard on the gut. And we have absolutely zero, um, casein in our whey. And so we did that just because I don't want to eat the casein. So why would I make a product with that? And so when it's all just real foods, it doesn't hurt the stomach as much. And I'll tell you something cool about our protein powder. Most protein powders out there have supplemental facts on the back, the supplemental um, panel. Ours has a nutritional panel because it's just food. And most protein powders cannot do that because they're not just food. And so I think that's pretty cool that we can, the FDA gives us the nutritional panel for that. So, and then, sorry, you had one other, oh, the percentage of collagen versus... Well, okay, so we break up our protein, like each bag has around 20 to 24 grams of protein, but we break our protein up into whey, chia seed protein, pumpkin seed protein, pea protein, and collagen. And so they all differ a little bit, but I'll tell you maybe in private how much collagen. <laughs> well, maybe, I, I mean, there's probably, depending on the flavor, 
five to eight grams in there. I got another product question for you. I've been using your pre-workout for a while, the caffeine-free one. I okay. think it's like the tropical one. How do I – I get the tingles with it, which is fantastic. That's what I'm going for. I was under the impression that uh, that came from caffeine. So talk to me about what that comes from. It it's... actually comes from the amino acid beta-alanine. Okay. And so the beta-alanine is what is tingling the nerves. And so we've got the beta-alanine and the citrulline malate in there to both like open up the blood vessels, get more oxygen through the blood vessels, help with the circulation. But then again, those amino acids will help with the muscle recovery and endurance and things like that. And so a lot of people, um, some people hate the tingling and I others, it. I do too. I, I love it. it. I'm like, yeah. if you're going to take a pre-workout, it's got to make you tingle. But right. um, so it's the beta-alanine if... If you've never tried that, because some are laughing, it does make your like ears itch and your skin itch, and it is from that amino acid. But and again, I'm, that's not artificial; it is a true amino acid that's in there. That's great. I, and I'm a just you know for the earlier conversation about the branding, I'm a 29 year old uh, male, and I think the branding's great. So doesn't like I, I'm not going for like anything else. That's the stuff that I go with. So yeah. Oh, that's great. awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah, of that. And I happen to know he's the CEO of a of a growing company as well, and. Uh, Busy, just like every other CEO. And, but I didn't know he had the tingles, so <laughs> it's interesting. One more. Yeah, I was just curious, what, is your, what did your journey look like, like learning about all of this like wellness and the body and health? Like, did you already, was that already a passion of yours, or how did that come about? So I actually grow, grew up in a home where we had Frosted Flakes for breakfast or Fruity Pebbles, and for lunch, probably like a bologna sandwich on white bread, and then at dinner, some like frozen packaged meal or something and in high school I had Burger King every day for lunch because it was right by the high school so why not you go with your friends to Burger King so I absolutely knew nothing about nutrition and in fact when I worked with that doctor who helped me I remember one of her first questions was like do you eat any whole grains like quinoa and I was like quinoa what in the H is quinoa like I had no idea and so that's how like I basic I was in nutrition I knew nothing and so it purely was to save my own life well that I started learning the nutrition I didn't want to go back to that depression that darkness that terribleness and so I was like I've got to learn this so I just started reading things going to classes going to courses then I did a nutrition nutritionist program just and still to this day, I'm constantly reading and listening to podcasts and looking at new studies and trying to see what's out there. Two comments and a question. Uh, first of all, congrats on your success. Thank I'm you. one of the early followers, and it's amazing to see how fast you've grown. Uh, and second comment is we're grateful for you, for your mission and your products. My wife and I have bought every single product of yours I was talking to your husband. We probably have like 20 protein powders in our food storage. <laughs> well, thank uh, you. I appreciate that. Love your products. Love your mission. Uh, with a question, where do you see yourself in like the next five years? Uh, you've seen tremendous success. What's kind of the vision the next five years? We'd love to hear that. So I get asked that quite a bit. And people are like, are you growing this fast to be sold to Coca-Cola or what? And honestly, my passion is so mission-driven because I want to educate everybody because I think I'm educating and then I go to the grocery store and see what people are buying or I hear about the next poor 20-year-old that's, you know, got some type of cancer or the next, we just had a kid at our high school commit suicide last week. 
And so when I hear these stories, I'm like, I can't ever stop. Like, I've got to just keep spreading this mission. I just want to educate others and help others because I feel like I was given a second chance at life for a purpose and a reason, and I need to use that wisely. And so my purpose and passion is to help people live a healthier life so that they can have more energy and feel more fulfilled and be happier. And so... Our mission is just to get that word out there as much as we can in the next five years, along with these products that help provide that, right? Products that nourish the body, help um, help with the body, things like that. So people are like, well, why are you going to team up with some athletes? Well, it's purely because those athletes can reach a different market than I can. And so let's talk about um, this in the athletic world so that it can trickle down from the professional world to the college um, athletes to the high school athletes to hopefully the younger athletes like oh we don't need all this all these Gatorades and all these things we actually can provide our body better electrolytes you know so we are mission driven so I hope in five years we're a big company still providing this mission of hope and happiness and how to fuel your body to others so really fast I just wanted to make the comment going off of the tingles I accidentally left my pre-workout on the counter not too long ago and my four-year-old uh, came to me in a full panic saying, my body is itchy like crazy. And he was freaking out. And this is on the way to school. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to take you to the ER. Like right now, what is wrong with you? I put lotion all over him. And after like an hour, I, he, I noticed my water bottle was empty. And I said to my four-year-old, did you drink this? And he said, yes, I did. And he said, oh my gosh, he had drank all my pre-workout and his body was in full tingles. And so now he calls it the itchy juice. And I said, you cannot drink this. This oh, is that, itchy juice. That's funny. So anyways, our whole family is a fan of the itchy juice. Oh, that's funny. But my question for you is, you talk a lot about education. What is the quickest way to educate people about this? Is it your social media? Is it podcasting? Is it your website, you know, we are fellow podcasters and we actually have tried to not focus on our social media because we find that our, our listeners don't follow us as much Mm -hmm. on social media, but it seems like you've maybe found the balance. How are you educating people? How are you educating the masses so easily? Do you know what? I wish it was just like, oh yeah, there's only one platform that works. But like you said, I have the podcast because I do have podcasters you know, that just learn the stuff from the podcast and I'll meet them and at an event or something, they'll say, Oh yeah, we listen to your podcast every week. We love it. But then they don't even know that I'm selling, uh, you know, some new protein flavor cause they don't follow me on Instagram. Then I've got the Instagram people, you know, that I'm trying to educate, but then the Facebook group people, a lot of them are way different than the Instagram people. They're an older generation that don't have Instagram that just love their Facebook groups. And so I don't think it's just one um, one platform or one way. I think you have to use a variety of them. And in fact, a, um, another CEO told me you need seven different ways that you can reach people if you want to reach the masses. And so, and are you doing that? Do you have seven different ways? We're trying like email and newsletter. I've got people that don't follow me at all on Instagram, but take my email every week, you know? And so, but those email people don't even follow the podcast or don't, you know what I mean? So you've got to have all these different avenues. And that TikTok one, like I said, is the hardest for me because that is the younger generation. But if I want to reach the younger generation, I've got to keep just pushing forward on that TikTok one. So unfortunately, it's a lot of different platforms to reach everybody. And in five years, you'll probably need 28 different platforms. Exactly, I know. I have a question more on the business aspect of it. Uh I know Utah is known really as like the startup capital 
and we have a lot of entrepreneurs and it's always so exciting to see women entrepreneurs, but women can oftentimes have struggles with raising capital and, and there are some obstacles. Did you come across any of those obstacles and in what ways can we support as men and women, um, women, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners? I actually wish there were more uh, women business owners because I will go to like these investment groups or some of these CEO groups and it will be 50 men and three women there. And I get it. A lot of them are raising kids and, you know, there's no blame on that. But I do love seeing the woman um, CEO, the woman business owner. Um, but that might be a misconception because I believe there are so many programs for women. There are so many women-based grants, women-based loans, women investment type things. And so I think that might be a little, I would disagree with that only a little bit just because there are so many things these days for women owned businesses. And so I almost think it's sort of an advantage these days. You mentioned prioritizing sleep and as busy people, as we all are in this room, uh, that's definitely something that can be difficult sometimes. Uh, I'm wondering if you have a bedtime or a certain amount of hours that you try to get in every single night, or even if you're taking some sort of supplement to help you get to bed. Oh, I love that question. Yeah, so I have to be really strict with turning my stuff off at 10, because you know as business people, you could work 24-7, right? And so I used to stay up till like 11 midnight, you know, just keep cranking stuff out, and I'm like, it does me no good the next day. So I have to be really strict at 10. I give myself from 10 to 10.30 to just chill and unwind, whether that's scrolling social media, reading a book, watching a show, something, go to bed at 1030 and I'm up at 630 for the gym. So I do just cause I need a good seven, eight hours of sleep. So I just function better, faster, more efficient the next day. If I've got that sleep. Awesome. Thank you. And do you use any supplements by any chance? Oh, I will tell you, this has helped my husband and so many people on Instagram. If you cannot fall asleep, magnesium is amazing because it calms the nervous system down and helps you relax. So take two good magnesium pills. Well, the one I like is two pills at night, like 20 minutes before you want to go to bed. I, it helps so much. You can go ask my husband about it. He's here. Awesome. It's Thank game you. changer if you have a hard time sleeping. And it's because our cortisols are so... Our cortisol is so high because we just go, go, go all day long and we're stressing about our businesses and we want to do this and this and this. And so we have a hard time calming that cortisol down to go to sleep. So magnesium helps. I'm an oncology nurse, so I'm so excited for your new podcast that's going to come out, your episode. It's really interesting. Because um, I, I agree. I feel like a lot of patients are getting younger and younger that have cancer. Um, and so... I have been getting into this and like educating myself on nutrition. Do you feel like your educational background has impacted your listeners or do you think people are just so hungry for education that they just will listen to you on social media and things like that? So I try to cite every article and every study on my posts and my reels. And so I think that's what gives people the like, oh, okay, she's not just making this up. Because I feel like on TikTok, when I scroll through, I'm sometimes like, ooh, like this is not quite right what you guys are saying. And I feel like everybody's mm -hmm. just saying so much. And so I think people do trust me a little bit more than maybe other sites because I will cite it. Like here, if you don't like what I just said here, go read the research article on it. Go read the study on it. 
So that helps. But also me being not the only one saying it on my podcast, it's top experts and scientists and Mm -hmm. Harvard, you know, psychologists and Mm -hmm. all these amazing people that come and talk about it and tell about their research and what they're doing. And so having that additional group of people to say like, Hey, did you hear what the oncologist said? Like when it comes out, I will be like, look at this reel that this oncologist said this Mm -hmm. and this, you know what I mean? And so having that other group of people to support what I say is huge also. Okay. That's good to know. So as a mom of six, how do your kids, you know, you've had such an impact I'm sure on them. So how does that translate and show up in their lives and how does that drive their ambitions and just if you could provide a small story about how that's been rewarding for you, because I'm sure that's your pride and passion. It has been fun having the kids involved in the business, and they have been very involved in the business to the days where we packaged things in our own home. You know, they helped us, and when we moved to a bigger space, they would help us. But I also am re- very respectful, try to be respectful of each individual person, because like my oldest loves to be on the camera, my second hates it. So it's very rare that he's on the camera. My third loves to be on the camera and he wants to be an entrepreneur. So he's constantly asking questions about the business where my second wants nothing to do with business. And so we do have to, as parents, though, respect each person and what they like and what part they like of the business and where they like to help or don't help. And so if I can treat them each as individuals like that, it's better than everybody has to do this for the business or everybody has to do this. It's more individualized. Very cool. What a journey. Um, thank you so much, well, Carlin, for taking the time to tell us about your story. Tell us about uh, Just Ingredients. Congrats to you and your team. Uh, congrats you. on the new store um, and everything you guys have accomplished. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.